0: Wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rose, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But i most of all
1: the baddest man around in the
0: world today. Follow the show at Wrestling TWt on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificent, you're going to be mine. Oh nice. Oh. Wow. Here's Jonathan Hood.
1: This is Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Jonathan Hood with you. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. Also, we have a YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. So glad that you are with us here for another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Tell people that Jonathan Hood is talking professional wrestling, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, every Tuesday at 9.30 on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app in Chicago. This is a podcast-only broadcast because of a scheduling conflict. I'm working an earlier shift on Tuesday, the 24th of September, but it doesn't mean that we don't talk wrestling. doesn't mean that we're not going to do Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Oh, no, no, no. You and I have plenty to discuss Thank you so much for the feedback. I've been getting a lot of feedback as of late on some of the shows that we've been doing. Continue to do that. Hit me up on Twitter at WrestlingTWT. Hit me up on Instagram. Tell me what you think of the show. Is there something I'm missing? Something that you want to comment on? Please do. Thanks so much for being part of this show. As we continue to grow this show week after week, as you know, like I know, wrestling is really getting hot now. With territories and wrestling companies across the country and around the world. So we appreciate our international audience listening as well. I'm seeing what's going on in the UK. I see what's going on in other places like Germany and South Africa as far as wrestling. And, of course, in the United States, I'm keeping a close eye on what's happening in wrestling as well. So thanks so much, as always, for checking out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here, wherever you download your podcast. we got plenty to discuss on the program here Um, we're going to talk about Kenny Omega as far as understanding the business of the wrestling business. I'll explain that coming up a little bit. Also, we'll talk about NXT's first show on the USA Network. I am a huge NXT fan. But many people sample NXT for the first time because they don't have the WWE Network or they're just a Raw fan or SmackDown fan, just about the WWE events. So there might be some... That's never even watched NXT. I've watched NXT from the beginning. I've never missed an episode because it's run by Triple H. And because Triple H knows exactly what he's doing and it's always a fun product. So we will talk about NXT's first show on the USA Network. Um, Some interesting thoughts from Jim Ross uh, regarding NXT and Vince McMahon. We'll get into that as well. Also, boy, you know, maybe for some there's no Easter Bunny. Maybe for some, there's no Santa Claus. But man, the WWE just wants you to know that whatever that they're doing, it's make-believe. It's all smoke and mirrors. They just can't tell stories anymore. Something fun happened over the weekend I'm going to tell you about where you could have just let it go. But nope, they've got to reveal everything because apparently the WWE wants an Emmy. All this and more as we move forward here on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. Thanks so much for being with us right here wherever you download your podcast. So let's start the show off with Kenny Omega of AEW. As you well know, the TV show that will take place on October 2nd on TNT will be AEW Dynamite. Looking forward to the first show for AEW on October 2nd. It should be a lot of fun to see what AEW is gonna do as they oppose NXT. NXT had their first show, as I mentioned, on the USA Network last week as we record this. You know, I mentioned this on Twitter, at WrestlingTWT, that when you have a new company, no matter who is running the company, you must understand the business of the wrestling business. And here's what I mean by that. If you go back in the archives of our podcast, you can hear my latest interview with Jim Ross. That was a few weeks ago. I talked to Jim Ross after AEW came in with their all-out show uh, in the Chicagoland area at the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates. And we had a long-form conversation. If you missed it again, go back to the archives, listen to that interview very closely. Because Jim talks about how AEW is not in business to try to beat the WWE. And I totally agree with that. Because AEW has to come in as an alternative. Clearly, AEW wants to be the number one company, the number one brand in the United States, in North America, around the world. They'd love to do that. You're not in business just to be in second or third place, right? Yeah, I don't think that uh, Ring of Honor or Impact Wrestling or uh, Major League Wrestling or OTT in England or any of the companies around the country and around the world want to be second place. You go in business because you want to be in first place, right? That's the thing that you're trying to strive for. But when AEW says that they want to be an alternative to the WWE, you and I both understand that, right? I totally get that. Knowing that deep down, yes, you want to be number one, and yes, you want to be the best. But when you first start off, you're taking on Jess McMahon. You're taking on Vince McMahon Sr. You're taking on Vince McMahon Jr. You're taking on Shane and Stephanie McMahon. You're taking on Shane and Stephanie's kids. You're taking on Triple H. There's a legacy there with the WWE that's very difficult to beat because of their broad reach all over the world. They have become global. They have become, quote-unquote, universal for them, right? But it doesn't mean that you cannot have your own niche doesn't mean that you can have your own legion of fans doesn't mean that you can't fill buildings Kenny Omega has a different philosophy about how he sees AEW. totally different than Jim Ross totally different than Cody Rhodes and probably totally different from the young bucks I'm gonna say this next week I already know what I'm gonna say next week but I said this in previous episodes it is very dangerous when you allow the boys to be the face of a company or to run a company. This is my concern about AEW. If Tony Khan is not Vince McMahon in which he signs off on the bookings and he signs off on everything that happens in that company from interviews to ring ropes to uh, the venues, all that. If he's not the number one guy that's running this thing then how is this going to work for the long term? Maybe it's not meant for the long term. All I know is that when you are AEW and you're first starting off, there's really no need to talk about the competition. The AEW at this point, despite how many buildings that they have sold out, that's already sold out in advance, you're still far away from the WWE. If the WWE is Coke. A W is like store brand black cherry soda. It's not even Pepsi yet. It's trying to get to be Pepsi. So, because Pepsi could take on Coke, just like the uh, Cola Wars in the 1980s. I saw that special, by the way, on the History Channel. If you haven't seen that, you should see that. I couldn't stop thinking about wrestling, looking at that. Go to the History Channel, if you have it, and I know you do, and look for Coke versus Pepsi. I'm sure that's on the... Uh, I'm sure that's on demand, and I could not stop thinking about wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan, just watch that and think Coke versus Pepsi. There's no way you can't think about WWE versus WCW uh, when you watch that special. But nevertheless, my point is is that when you are AEW, and if you're one of the heads of AEW as a vice president— you're not picking apart the competition. You're pushing your company out. You're trying to let everybody know, hey, here at AEW, we're gonna be an alternative to everybody else. You don't even have to mention Coke. You don't have to even mention the WWE. All of us understand what's going on here. The point is, is that Kenny Omega has clearly a different philosophy than even Cody Rhodes, who's kept it very close to the vest many times in his interviews and definitely different from the Young Bucks and definitely different from Jim Ross and definitely different from Tony Khan. How is it that the company hasn't really started yet as far as uh, weekly episodic television? Yet I've heard three or four different philosophies on what AEW is supposed to be. Say what you want about the WWE and there's a lot of good and a lot of questionables you can have about the WWE. You know, venues aside and money made aside and television aside and public, tra- public traded company aside, all that to the side. The one constant about the WWE is one message, Vince McMahon's message. And Vince McMahon's message trickles down to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and everybody else that works in that company in Stanford, Connecticut, and all their offices across the country and around the world. There's one voice. You don't have Triple H over here saying something that Vince doesn't want. You don't have Stephanie and Shane saying things that are totally opposite from the company. It's one voice. And I think that when you are a team in sports, when you are a team in business, when you are a team, period, in professional wrestling, there's got to be one voice. Everybody's got to be on the same page. Now, this is might be just growing pains that AEW is going through right now, but the idea that I've heard three or four different philosophies on what AEW's approach is before we get to October 2nd is troublesome. And it goes to my theory again. When you allow the boys to say what they want to say, do what they want to do, um, fear, figuring that they're going to, quote-unquote, shoot with the audience, because the audience knows. It's like the Young Bucks a few pay-per-views ago, Right? Oh well, you know the Sean Spears thing with Cody. You know Sean Spears. You know they gimmicked the chair. They gimmicked the chair. So I don't know why it worked. I don't know why Cody bled because they gimmicked the chair. Who says that? Why? I mean, what wrestling figurehead says that openly to the press? That's what the Young Bucks did. One voice would say, "Don't talk about the chair." hey, we didn't want him to get hit with a chair shot. Hopefully he'll be okay. We'll address it later. Ooh, the gimmick, the chair. It's a problem already before they even start their television show, AEW Dynamite. Here's what I mean from Kenny Omega. This is from Sports Sportskeeda Dropkick Discussions. Uh, this has been on my Twitter. I know you've probably seen this a few days ago, but if you missed it, Listen to the question that was posed to him about the Wednesday night wars against NXT. Kenny Omega, one of the vice presidents of the company.
0: Um, you can call it war if you want. It's just like, I, to me, it's like we're, we're in a different, a completely different kind of business. I mean, what they're doing is different from what we're doing. And it's weird because I mean like, it's hard to say you're going to war, with the people that i call my friends and yet we are going to war and yet when i sit back and, and look at the grand picture it's like i'm going to war with these dudes that if we were on the same show together you know the same show and the same promotion let's pretend there were no wars. let's pretend there were, there were no promotions let's just pretend there was one big promotion but these guys were on the same show as me be the dark match, be the opening match, of my main event match. You're gonna call that a war? You're gonna call that competition? Go ahead, I mean, maybe it's fun for you to do. That's cool. But we're, we're different planets. And you're gonna see that right away when you see 10,000 plus arenas sold out, you're gonna see smiles on fans' faces, and when you're gonna see real stars, not developmental talent, but real stars appearing in your television sets
1: Now, it's been written from different wrestling blogs that Kenny Omega is just playing a heel character. That he's playing a heel character saying that all the NXT guys, well, you know, they would be in the opening match. Uh, They wouldn't even be in the main event. You're going to call that a war. you're going to call that competition, go ahead. Okay, maybe it's fun uh, for you to do, but that's cool. But we're of different planets, and you're going to see that right away. When you see 10,000-plus arenas sold out, you're going to see smiles on fans' faces, which is a WWE line, by the way. And you're going to see real stars, not developmental talent, but real stars appearing on your television sets each week. That was the comment, or some of the comment, made by Kenny Omega. What's the point of that? What's the point of that? You know, people will sample AEW, and the hope is, if you're a wrestling fan, that AEW is successful and it does well. If, and, of course, there's always peaks and valleys in wrestling. It's like that all the time. It's been like that traditionally. What happens when there's a valley and AEW can't fill a 10,000-seat arena? What happens when they are struggling at the gate or the creative is bad or there's a breakdown in the back because there's not one voice? That happens. And the reason why I know that happens, look through any wrestling book, any traditional wrestling book. Hell, turn on 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. (laughs) I think he could tell you about how there's breakdowns in communication and how things were going well and then all of a sudden they couldn't pull the nose up on the issues in the wrestling company. It's just like any business. I just think that what's best for AEW is for Chris Jericho and for Kenny Omega and for the Young Bucks and for Jim Ross and for Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes and whoever else is back there for that company to be on the same page. Because I've heard three or four different philosophies on what AEW is going to be. Oh, we're going to kick the WWE's ass. Oh, you know, we're so much better. How do you know? How do you know you don't have your first ratings book yet against NXT? How do you know? I would be so humble and just so grateful and just trying to get the disenfranchised fan to watch my program and try to convince them that some of the nonsense that we saw in the buy-ins for some of those pay-per-views is not what the show is going to be. That you're going to see some great action, we got some great storytelling. I think that AEW's got to be like WCW was when it first started. And that is trying to be the opposite of the WWE and give a fresh product. There's going to be sold out houses all across the Eastern Seaboard and including Chicago again apparently in November. So, who cares what NXT's like? Who cares what the WWE's like? Be the best AEW can be. But Kenny Omega, nope, it has got to fire that salvo saying, oh, you know, AEW's not really, com- you know, NXT's not really competition because it's it's uh, a bunch of wrestlers that are in developmental. Well, all I know is that Imperium was there for the NXT show. All I know is that you saw some veteran wrestlers on that card, and you're going to see more veteran wrestlers on that card. You're going to see some 205 Live guys that are in quote-unquote developmental, but not really because NXT's become its own brand. I I just think that I'd steer clear of criticizing the giant in the room and just create a giant on your own. So as I always tell you, I enjoy the NXT programming. The first match on the card for the NXT on USA Network, Candice LeRae defeating Mia Yim, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, who I don't get yet. Is that just me? I don't get Bianca Belair yet. Maybe because she still has a lot to learn. Um, I don't get the gimmick yet, but that's beside the point. I cancel Ray wins that, and it was one of the better women's matches that you'll find uh, in the in all of WWE. It was one of the best that we they had in 2019. Um, I think they told a really great story uh, in that matchup. Um, Cameron Grimes is in there for like two minutes against Shawn Maluda. Like, let me see. Yeah, it was like a 10-second match. I see the official time here is like 10 seconds. I mean, it was so quick. Um, Roderick Strong defeated Velveteen Dream for the North America Championship. That's about a A-minus, a at worst, B-plus match. I really like that match. Velveteen Dream is a star. And... There's a guy there that doesn't need to go to Raw and SmackDown to get over. He's already been North American champion. He has some of the better matches that you'll find in the NXT brand. So if there's going to be Velveteen Dream trying to go after Roderick Strong in a rematch, I'm totally fine with that. I, I I like Velveteen Dream a lot. Could you imagine him on Raw and SmackDown or one of those brands and getting lost in the sauce? It'd be great for him to like be a, debuting on SmackDown but not if he's gonna get just buried. I don't want that to happen. But on NXT, he shines brightly, big fan. Thought it was a really good match between the two, and now we see that the Undisputed Era has all the gold. They've been saying that for a while, and I thought, this is never gonna happen, right? They'll, they'll, <laughs> when are they gonna get all the gold? They've been talking about this in promos for a long time. And now they got all the gold. Man, that, that group is so over. This is why in wrestling I don't understand why we don't have more factions. We I grew up in a time in the seventies, and eighties, with the Bobby Heaton family, or watching uh, Devastation Incorporated, were World Class, the Four Horsemen, you know, the Dangerous Alliance, uh, on and on. And the Paul Jones Army, well, not as well, maybe not the Varsity Club, but uh, but you know, Lou Albano's group. When you had a manager, or when you have a group. Man, there's nothing like having a, a, a three, four guys in a group. So someone was spin off and become a star. The Freebirds, you know, there's so many examples of that, right? Uh, but I'm glad that this group has, has come together. It's really, really fun to, uh, to see all four of these guys with gold. And now you're going to build up your baby faces to take on the Undisputed Era. Cool music, cool t shirts. Cool faction, love it. Pete Dunne over uh, Arturo Ruas. I love that. My best, my favorite part of Ruas when he comes in is kind of like that dance. It's not a dance. It's it's something that he does to kind of warm up. You ever see Ruas? If you go back and watch that match, he's right there on the uh, the the. Stage as he was coming down the ramp, and he does like that little swivel thing with his his arms and his shoulders. That's kind of funny how he does that. Um, I think that that's just a great house dance he's doing, but I think he's just he's uh, he's pretty good. You know what? Not a bad match against Pete Dunne, too. You knew Pete was gonna win, but Ruas had a little bit more offense than I thought, so I liked it. Um, see what else we had here. Had a women's match. I'm not into Aaliyah. Uh, uh, in NXT, but I saw the matchup. Not bad. Imperium arriving NXT, that was unexpected. I had no idea that Volter and the rest of Imperium would show up. Um, the, you know I, what I didn't like? I didn't like that Kushida comes down and can whip all four of those guys. That was a disconnect for me. It's one thing for... Kushida to go after Walter, right? Gets the best of Walter. Then the other three guys pile up on Kushida. Now Kushida's pissed. And now Kushida says, I want Walter. And then they go after it, you know, for the North the NXT UK Championship. Kushida, there's no way he should wipe out four guys. He ain't that over. I mean, he just got to the company not too long ago. Now all of a sudden he can... He You introduce Imperium, Right? These is, this is a strong faction, the strongest faction at NXT UK. They come to full sail. They're standing there. Here comes Kushida, and he wipes four guys out. Fuck that. Um, Leo Rush defeated Honey Lorcan to become the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, man, there was so much conversation from Mauro Ronaldo about leo rush and his his issues or mental health issues i guess that was a story that they had to tell Uh, i could see those guys wrestle another five times leo rush got a lot of offense there's a lot of speed there already knew he could wrestle saw a lot of his stuff from maryland championship wrestling if i'm not mistaken um on youtube and leo can go there's no question that he can go Uh, he was miscast on raw where have you heard that before uh, with Bobby Lashley, but Leo had something to prove there. Only Only Lorkin is just so underrated, so underrated. That guy should be a champion. He's he I, he is really good. That was a very good match. And Matt Rill against Killian Dane, that thing just was all over the place. It was a it was a street fight. And as Mara Rinaldo was saying, it's a street fight. It, it was a street fight. Why is the match being thrown out? You saw the. Everybody in the back fighting. It was kind of interesting, uh, but Riddle and Killian Dane. That's uh, I like that rivalry. But then they threw the match out. It was a street fight. So why was there cops and referees trying to stop everything? It was just weird. But it was a wild finish. That's exactly what you wanted uh, if you are Triple H at NXT. So the first uh, offering uh, was good. I have to get used to NXT in a two hour format because uh, I always thought NXT was perfect. Just because it's pro wrestling, not sports entertainment. And number two, because it was the one-hour format. Now it's two. So now, but but the, here's what's smart. Triple H realizes that the 205 Live wrestlers were underutilized. Big time, they were underutilized. So now they'll start coming over to NXT. You got NXT UK wrestlers like Imperium coming over, and now they're making a stand. So they have... An endless amount of wrestlers, an endless amount of um, talent that can come in there and help NXT win and solidify Wednesday nights against AEW Dynamite. That's one thing to look forward to. Let's see how this is all going to work out because I think it's it's fascinating. I really do. Um, But I love that Triple H is around to um, look at all these wrestlers that are just not getting over or all these wrestlers are not getting an opportunity and they're getting an opportunity in NXT. I'm sure that there's Raw and SmackDown wrestlers right now. They're like, wow, I wish I was on NXT because I know it's a hot brand. It's young and, and Triple H is running it. He's running it, right? Right? Well, let's hear from good old JR Jim Ross. Jim Ross had some things to say on Grillin' JR, his podcast he does with Conrad Thompson. The question is on Vince McMahon, will he eventually take over NXT? Oh boy.
2: Specifically, you know, the idea that NXT is going to be on TV has a lot of wrestling fans who are pretty hardcore NXT followers. A little nervous. Hey, does this mean Vince McMahon is going to have his fingerprints all over it? Are they going to take it away from Hunter? Is NXT going to look or feel differently? And I think, and this is just me playing conspiracy theorists, but maybe WWE is trying to back-channel that information to, like Ryan Satin had a tweet earlier this week saying, oh, that's definitely not the case. I've heard that Hunter's still going to be in charge. Even if that's not the case, isn't that something that you would float out there? I mean, who's going to keep Vince from... Coming in and saying, hey, uh, why don't we put so and so on? Him? I mean, it's his company. Like, uh, that was a little, when, when I saw that being reported, not that it was reported incorrectly, it just feels like something WWE is trying to push out there saying, hey, nothing's going to change. You don't have to worry. Because NXT has like a cool it factor compared to maybe a Raw or a SmackDown, and certainly AEW does right now. So perhaps they're trying to say, hey, don't worry, everything's going to be the same. But will it really? I mean, you got to think Vince McMahon's going to be involved. His product on TV, on USA, he wants to, he wants to have his hands on that, right?
3: I think uh, Vince has his hands on everything from approving t-shirt designs to everything else. And as you said, you, you asked the question, who's going to stop him? Nobody's going to stop him because that's his company. He built it. So he's gonna, it's his football. Uh, if he wants to play quarterback, he will. I just think from a time situation and the fact that the launch of the XFL is imminent and he's got a lot of skin, personal skin in a game on that one, millions and millions of dollars, that uh, the football is going to take him away from some of the wrestling, not all of it, but some of it. Uh, In as much as he'll never be out of touch understanding the direction that the show is going and the talents more specifically are being pushed that he wants, Uh, but he, he'll never stop that, but he may not be at these TVs as often as he uh, was, where he would never missed. I know somebody I saw online somewhere where, it's so funny, uh, it might have been Meltzer or, or somebody, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. They said that, you know, uh, Vince is not at TV this past week. He was getting ready for the XFL, something of the XFL's story. And the setting at the head table was Heyman and and uh, Triple H and Kevin Dunn. So that's kind of how I see this thing. The, the individual guy responsible for the show will be at the head table. Along with Triple H, he'll be at all these events, more than likely. And, uh, uh, and Kevin Dunn, the executive producer. You'll see roles like that being filled in Vince's absence. But you're right, he will have a hand in it. And he'll have a hand in it now more than ever because there's competition and Vince loves competition. He loves to compete. Vince McMahon once told me, and I don't even know how we got into this thing. I remember, sitting, I remember where I was sitting, uh, that Jr. I got to tell you something, I've never lost a street fight. I don't know what we're talking with some tough guy or something. I don't even, I have no idea. I don't remember. I just remember the statement, but that's kind of his mentality. Vince will look at this as a, somewhat of a corporate street fight. Because he needs to have that man, that mantra, that mentality to get what he needs out of himself. He loves to compete. He loves to be told that you can't do this, you can't do that. He, he's defiant. Uh, you'd think he's a millennial. He's so goddamn defiant. That's just his personality. So he'll be involved. and and, I, and, and But I don't think that they're going to deviate too far from what brought him to the dance, second of NXT. Uh, they got a good show. I enjoy watching it. I love listening to Mar- Maro Ronello, who I consider a friend. Uh, he does a great job. Uh, the talents, that loaded that roster up some. And there's that roster's a who's who. Uh, so any, in any event, Vince will be involved in some manner, as long as his heart's beating.
1: Jim Ross on Grillin' JR with Jim Ross and Conrad Thompson. You can download that podcast wherever you download your podcast. Grillin' JR with my good friend, Jim Ross. By the way, the NXT first offering was a 1.17 rating. Saw that in several places, so that's a good start. Uh, For those that are not familiar with wrestling, first of all, on Wednesday nights on the USA, and then... Just the idea that you're getting some new eyeballs. Uh, I thought um, overall it was a solid B show. I, but I, I'm an NXT fan, though, uh, from the beginning. So uh, I, I think this the some of the booking has slipped a little bit. But not to the point where I'm going to complain about it. I mentioned that in an episode a few uh, episodes ago on TWT. But not to the point where it's bad. NXT's never been bad. Um, so... so I think that they are going to have some momentum here going into head-to-head against AEW. One note about Mara Ranallo. You just heard from Jim Ross right there talking about Vince McMahon. And by the way, I agree with him that as an NXT fan, NXT and NXT UK, you know that it's Vince's baby, right? It's the whole thing is Vince's baby. Now, as far as the influence and the writing and the things he signs off on, I have no idea how much influence he has, but I just know that Triple H has a vision and it's apparent on that show. You know the difference between NXT and WWE. Every time that NXT has a show on Saturdays um, right before a big WWE pay-per-view, you know the difference between the two. You know that the main event or even the card sometimes is even better than what WWE is going to offer. More times than not, the storytelling is there, and the pro wrestling is there over the sports entertainment. Every single time. It's, it's very rarely that the WWE has beaten NXT when they're uh, on the same weekend. So I, I enjoy it. One quick thing about Mauro Ronaldo, something that Jim Ross said. If no one's told you, let me be the first to tell you that I'm a Mauro Ronaldo fan. I think that it's the kind of energy that you need in that broadcast booth because almost everything sounds the same as far as the broadcasters. I mentioned last week my issues with Corey Graves. I just think that you cannot have a heel broadcaster giving 70% and sucking the oxygen out of the broadcast with 70% of trying to be a heel in a non-heel babyface situation. business that we're in right now in 2019 where people don't believe in heels and baby faces. They let the audience choose. I just think that that does nothing for Tom Phillips. It does nothing for Saxton. Uh, does nothing for Cole, quite frankly, where he's just continuing to try to heal it up uh, a broadcast like we heard on NXT is what you want today. You want Ronaldo over the top. You want him excited. You want Beth Phoenix to make salient points, which he can get in. And Ned- Nigel McGuinness, this side of Don Callis is the best color analyst in wrestling right now. There's no question about it in my mind. One thing about Moro though, Moro's got to realize that he has the best color commentator next to him, and Nigel McGuinness. If you ever heard him on NXT UK with Vic Joseph, he's just tremendous. He's great. And I hope Nigel never goes to Raw SmackDown. But Morrow can just be over the top, cutting off his commentators so he can get another line in and another line in and another, this blah, blah, blah is like blah, blah, blah. This is like blah, 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 blah. This is like blah, blah. blah. I mean, whatever scripts that he's are uh, reading from it's a little over the top uh, because now you're trying to get your shit in and not allowing Nigel and Beth to be able to provide commentary i know he's got to get his lines in and he's got to be able to have an analogy for everything he's got he's got like three or four analogies for every wrestler yeah you know um i would say this that morrow has got it good in the wwe Because I know from everything I've read and what people tell me, Vince is not a big fan of his broadcast because he's not Michael Cole. I love Morrow because he's not Cole, because he's not Tom Phillips. He's his own man. So he controls his own booth. And even though Michael might be producing him or Triple H might be producing him, I like that Morrow has the autonomy to kind of be himself. But I don't think he should be himself and also overshadow his broadcast partners. You can still be over the top and still be zany and still be able to bring energy to the booth and to the broadcast, but not overshadowing your other two opponents. Listen to the uh, your other two commentators. Listen closely to the next broadcast and tell me I'm wrong. It's one thing to get all your lines out and exhaust all of your notes that you've had, but cutting off your color analyst. And that's the broadcaster in me. Maybe I have more of an ear for it than most. But the idea that you're not going to let Nigel shine or let Beth shine because he's got to get his next line in, that's not great. It's not great. Um, But uh, he's still the best in the WWE um, because he's not produced by Vince McMahon and he's not over. He he doesn't have to do it cookie cutter like the other WWE broadcasters. That's my point. Okay. Uh, By the way. Some thoughts from um, the great Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer Live. He gave his thoughts as well on what he thought of NXT's first offering. Uh, some some interesting comments by Meltzer and company about um, NXT as they fired the first shot in the Wednesday Night Wars. What
0: would you think?
4: Um, I thought the women's match was great. It was probably the best WWE women's match I've seen in a long, long time. I thought it was better than the Sasha Banks and um, Becky Lynch match the other night. And um, I wouldn't say it was better than Candice LeRae and Io in the singles match though. So it was probably the best since then. Um, I thought that Roderick Strong was very good in that match. So he won the championship when um, Adam Cole interfered and uh, super super kicked uh, Velveteen Dream. You could see, I mean, Velveteen Dream is very over, um, he's a very good athlete, and you can also see his weaknesses, his punches, um, and, and um, some of his other stuff looked, looked I don't wanna say pretty bad, but mm, bad, you know? I mean, it, and, and I felt that they had a, you know, the story was good, the crowd was super into it, you know, especially at the end when, um, um, you know, Velveteen Dream made the ropes for the, um, what's it, the, the Boston Crab, the Stronghold. And then um, when he kicked out the first um, end of Heartache. I mean, the crowd was very, very into, you know, they went, I think, 22 minutes. And the last couple of minutes, the crowd was very into it. They were never not into it. It was not, you know, it was always good. Um, I wouldn't call the match great, uh, just because a lot of the Velveteen Dream stuff took me out of the match. You know, it was like Miz-like,
0: um, but- Miz-like, um, what do you mean by Miz-like? doesn't look good. Okay so you're talking about missed stuff
4: and not well there was some missed stuff but I'm just talking about like the punches in particular where you watch and you just go like you know if he's not ready for it if he's not ready for doing punches not everyone has to punch Mm -hmm. you know what I mean if you're not good at it and and he's new enough that you know let him practice elsewhere type of thing it 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 was really um pretty evident watching.
0: Do you think being live
4: hurts him no because they go live to tape they don't edit like bad stuff i mean they sometimes edit miss stuff out yeah but that's not that wasn't really a factor here it wasn't like there was no i don't think that hurt at all i mean the match would have been the same whether it was taped or not it's it's um because he's
0: been on plenty of takeovers. Yeah, it's been on a lot of takeovers but i i see similar things on takeovers as well
4: sometimes some some nights he looks out he, he with the right opponent he looks absolutely great and the matches click and then sometimes. Usually when he doesn't have a good opponent, then that's when you see like his weaknesses.
0: But he had a great opponent tonight, but I still saw the weaknesses. I when I was watching the match and I don't know, I, I thought it was okay. It was a little uninspiring to me, but I almost felt like I wish he would have won because I think that crowd would have went nuts if he won the match with all the odds against him and the way that they booked it. Yeah, actually that that, that was actually very
4: similar to the Kenta and um and Kotobushi match that they did in, on Monday in Kagoshima. Except Kento, I mean, um, Kota Bushi won. Yeah, um, and overcame all those odds. But um, yeah, but they wanted a championship. Yeah, no, on the first yeah. show. I just mean, like
0: that—that that makes sense. I was just thinking from the live perspective, they really wanted Dream to win that match. The fans did. The, the live fans did. fans did. Yeah, yeah. What,
4: yeah, but they loved the undisputed era, and I think that they were probably happy for a title sure. change too. You that, know, I think that, that
0: this did isn't this life. isn't a babyface heel crowd. Yeah. this is
4: a we, we we want a happening crowd. Um, you know, I mean as as far as like the the we the show, like the, the wrestling action was very good. Um I liked the show a lot. I it did at points, we as we talked about while we were watching it, had a had a low rent feel at points. Mm-hmm. Um it didn't um you know, mm-hmm. I mean it didn't feel like a, a usual WWE major league production, but it's not going to be at full sale.
0: They they did treat it like people who tuned in knew what they were tuning in for. There wasn't a lot of explanation of guys. They they had a couple of video packages of new new guys. Of
4: of, um, Damian Priest. Well, he's not that new, but, um, and then they had the the thing, the video building up the the Keith Keith Lee and Dijakovic match, which is a great match to put on next week because the one thing with those guys is is that they're awesome with each other. I mean, I've seen many of their matches, including their PWG match, which was, you know, one of the best matches that I've really ever seen. I mean, it was just an incredible match. It was almost it was almost laughably good in, in its own way, because it's like they went, at the 15 minute mark, we were kind of like, um, this is like ridiculously good. And they went like five more minutes of just everything that they could think of. I mean, to the point that there were other people on the show just going like, oh, because they were not in the main event, just going like, oh. <laughs> you know, like we're 180 pounds, and now we gotta follow these, you know, one guy's Giant. 275 and the other guy's probably 320.
1: Dave Meltzer talking on Wrestling Observer Live about their thoughts on NXT. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next show. They mentioned, they gave you a little teaser about Keith Lee basking my glory against uh, Dijakovich. Should be uh, a fun match. I remember watching the big guy, Dijakovich, on Ring of Honor television. And he was good there. So uh, I look forward to seeing what that big man match looks like. On NXT and finally so in the 70s in the 80s in the 90s and 2000s you can suspend disbelief for anything in wrestling you and I both know about professional wrestling but there's some things that you see and you're like okay I'm gonna suspend disbelief just like a movie just like a sitcom just like anything else right Wrestling, when it's done right, can be so good when it's vignettes or their interviews or their little pieces that they have, their video packages. So you're like, okay, this is this character and so we're going to buy in. The WWE just won't even let you buy in. One of the best things of the weekend is when the WWE went to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, right? And Lacey Evans... Lacey Evans, who I thought really went from NXT to the WWE main roster really quickly, way too fast. Lacey Evans has never had a like classic match just as of yet. Apparently, they just love the persona. And I get it, by the way. I love uh, Lacey Evans' persona because it's different. It's kind of a gimmick. It's like what Bruce Prichard would, or uh, Pat Patterson would have came, come up with in the 80s and 90s. Like, okay, this is going to be a Southern Belle, and she's going to have the woman's right, which is her right hand, and she's going to be really sassy, and she's going to look good, and it's going to, you know, and I like it. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I have no problem with Lacey Evans. So, to me, she stands out more so than all most of the other women, almost 90% of that women's roster, because she's trying to be a character, and all these other women are just kind of like themselves. I mean, the iconics try to separate themselves from everybody else, and Ember Moon, and um, there, there's a few others, but a lot of the women just kind of blend in together, kind of look the same. One thing about Lacey Evans, she doesn't look like everybody else. So, that's a positive. And her persona is kind of old school. So, let me take you back to Edmonton, right? Lacey Evans, she gets pulled over, we thought, by the Royal Mounted Police in Alberta. So... She gets pulled over and she films this video. Listen.
0: Are you serious right now? That's not a citation, is it?
1: No, it's a violation ticket for speeding me. It's, it's do you, Lacey, right?
0: Do you, know, do you no. know who I am? I have no idea. Well, I'm Lacey Evans and I do not rate that ticket, so you so can go ahead. Lacey Evans? WWE superstar, and you should know exactly who I am. Sorry,
1: ma'am, I don't. Uh, So here's the ticket information on the back. You've got to be kidding me! Yeah, you
0: nasty thing! I'll pay the ticket. Okay, well, have a good day. Well, don't you you have a terrible day, sir? Canada is terrible, and I can't wait to get back. Welcome to Edmonton. You've got to be kidding this nasty.
1: Cool, right? She gets pulled over by the police in Edmonton. And so there's a clip on Twitter of herself receiving a speeding ticket by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. The officer told Evans that it's a violation for this speeding ticket. And she says, hey, you know what? I'm a WWE superstar. I'm Lacey Evans. And the officer's like, I have no idea who you are. And so to me, just that 36-second clip just adds more to Lacey Evans. She hates Canada. She's mad because she's Lacey Evans. She doesn't deserve a ticket. She's a Southern belle. She wasn't speeding. It just adds to the heel persona. Nope. You would think it would be, but nope. Lacey Evans had to put this on Twitter. As prior law enforcement myself and a United States Marine, I do not condone, agree, or promote disrespecting or making L.E.O.'s jobs harder than they already are. Leos, it says here. Uh, The video was created by both parties to promote the local live event taking place in the Edmonton area. As a sports entertainer, it's my job to not only entertain, but also set the proper example. So with that being said, I'm glad that you all were entertained. But if you ever try to honestly disrespect or put my brothers and sisters in blue in harm... I hope that you get what you asked for. Why? (laughs) Why? Why? That was so good. That little video. 36 seconds. It was a gem. And Lacey Evans like, you know that's all made up, sugar. Like my my little uh, accent. My southern accent. That's made up too, sugar. That's all part of the act. Don't respect my boys in blue. Why? Like, did the WWE tell her to put that tweet out? The thing went viral. But yet, somehow, some way, now she has to go on Twitter and explain a bit that they did. <laughs> Imagine Kurt Hennig, if Twitter was around when he was around, right? When if Twitter was around, when he was in the WWE, and he's with Randall Cunningham, and he's throwing all those touchdowns. Like I'm Mister Perfect, so I'm gonna throw a pass and I'm gonna catch my own ninety yard pass. Hey, look, I'm Mister Perfect, and I'm gonna you know make a three point shot from ninety feet away. Imagine Kurt Hennig have to go on Twitter saying, you know. All that was just a gimmick. I really didn't, I was really not perfect, and I really didn't catch my own football, and I really didn't do, you know, make those great billiard shots. Nah, I'm not really Mr. Perfect, but it was just for effect, so, hey, keep watching. What? 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 Be what? It's so ridiculous. You can't believe in anything in the WWE because you have to explain. Oh, well... That whole thing with the uh, with the police in Edmonton? Oh no, that's not even real. No, don't respect my boys in blue. That's all to promote the show. Well, what do you believe in? You just there to watch lousy wrestling, watch watch color by numbers WWE wrestling. Why can't you believe in characters? They don't want you to believe in characters. It's so ridiculous. Not surprising. But that's just another example of 2019. Look, you and I both know what's going on. Whether they whether she told on herself or not, you and I both know what's going on. But the point is, is that can't you just suspend disbelief just for just for a minute? Just for I mean the thing went viral. People were believing that. So that only adds to her persona. Why ruin that? Oh no, honey. No, my accent's not real and, and, and that whole thing that's not real either. Great. Thanks so much. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Just something else. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I want to get more of your feedback on the show at TWT on Instagram and Twitter. Please follow along. And also subscribe to the YouTube page, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Look for my name, Jonathan Hood. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button, and that way you can hear some of the interviews I've done in the past that you might have missed. All right? Oh, by the way, let me tell you about this, too. We'll have a Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on October 1st but then I'm gonna come back and do you a solid. I'm gonna give you a Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, a bonus episode on the 3rd, because we need to review head-to-head AEW Dynamite versus NXT. So I'm telling you ahead of time, look for not only our show on the 1st to kind of preview what's gonna happen on the head-to-head show on the 2nd, but I'm gonna come back on October 3rd, on that Thursday morning, and give you a bonus Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, just for you, because you're a loyal listener. Just for you. I wouldn't do it for anybody else, but I'm doing it for you. All right, thanks so much for listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and tell people, anybody that loves wrestling, tell them that Jonathan Hood is talking wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Talk to you next week on October 1st for another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday.